Okay, welcome to this pre-recorded Bagpipe Nation for March 17th, St. Patrick's Day. As you could imagine, uh, we're all quite busy out in the world tonight, but we want to make sure that you had uh, something to something to work with here this week. Um, next week on March 24th, Jack Lee will be with us to discuss Lee Reads, which uh, is really exciting. And so hopefully you'll tune in for our next live session then. So I'm here with my illustrious co-host, uh, Vin Janowski, who's on the other end of our Skype call here. So uh, how's Good it going? evening. Yeah, how's it going over there? It's going well. It's a beautiful day. It really is, uh, at least uh, here in the Northeast, really, really nice. Um, so uh, today, what are we talking about here, Vin? Well, I think, you know, one of the things that, um, that uh, pipers often hear is the benefits of recording yourself and listening to your, the recordings of your own playing, something that many people also fear doing <laughs> and, and avoid doing. Um, so obviously there's some, some trouble there with recording yourself, is, which is an easy thing, but then listening to yourself and sort of critically giving yourself a critical listen um, sometimes is a, is a sort of a, a cringeworthy moment in itself or uh so you know i think we should talk about a little bit of how you get over that and um you know we can go through some of the examples from uh your your concert in frederick fredericksburg and uh we can deal with some of the uh some of the examples of uh what it, what it takes to listen to yourself and oh, crit- yeah. critique yourself i want to say yeah i want to say before we even approach that that uh, there's some definite cringeworthy moments that i'm uh i'm putting <laughs> out there into the world oh yeah like uh uh, yeah. Anyway, um, and but I, I think that's really I think you know just to sort of elaborate on what you're saying. Um, for me, this you know the the path to getting better um, seems directly tied to your ability to um, honestly critique yourself. And um, like you say, a lot of people avoid the recording thing, and a lot of people, if uh, if I may be so bold, avoid uh, the solo competition realm. Um, because it's really hard to listen to your own or, or indefinitely someone else's criticism of, of your own work of any yeah. kind. I mean, think of it in the professional workplace or, you know, think of it um, in sort of any artistic endeavor and, and you'll know that uh, criticism is a really tough thing. However, um, honest uh, criticism based in rational thought, I think, uh, I think it's important to put that disclaimer in there. Yeah, and it and it's and it's kind of an ironic thing because I think we all play the part of the uh, the uh, lawn chair judging judge, you know, on a pipe band circle or in a solo contest all the time. You know, it's kind of the you know one of the drawbacks of being a solo competitor and a band player is also, you know, being <laughs> trying you're trying your best to not be that armchair judge all the time. You know, um, and, and and give a fair listen to any performance you're listening to. But and you know at the same time. You know, we all find it difficult to do the same thing to ourselves. You know, and when we listen to ourselves or recordings of ourselves, we can't seem to to break break free of something. I don't know what it is, uh, and then do the same thing and really sort of, you know, pick apart your own weaknesses and and find out what they are and and really you know and really work them. Um, you know, I mean, the, the recent post I had on on Pipe Hacker um, had a downloadable uh, judges sheet, which would give you, um, you know a little tool to sort of do the same thing to your own playing. You record yourself and then pretend to be the judge sitting at the table and, and give yourself a, uh, you know, a listen throughout your, your set, whether it's your MSR or something like that. And, you know, and, and it's, it's really a habit of mind. Um, you know, it, it sort of teaches you to, to sort of separate yourself from yourself. You know, you've got, you've got a lot invested in that performance that you're listening to. And um, it's important to, 
to sort of break free of that if you're going to give it a critical listen yourself and, 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 and sort of find out where your strengths and your weaknesses, you know, sometimes it's, it's just as important to find out what you do well as well as you, what you don't do so well. So, um, what, what do you, what do you think is the biggest challenge to doing that? Instead um, of giving yourself a fair critique. Yeah. I, I, you know, I have to be honest in that. I don't really think it's hard. Um, especially if, you know, you, you just have to, I think the first step taking that leap is the hardest part is to just say, okay, now I'm really going to dig deep and I'm going to state the most obvious things that are incorrect about my playing. And then, uh, I'm going to do whatever it takes to improve them. I think that's really hard. I mean, um, a, a lot of us, including myself, uh, at, at times, you know, want, I want to believe that I'm better than I am, but here's, you know, <laughs> yeah. here's uh you know, here's, here's what makes it easy for me is I love listening to pipe music. Um, I love listening to, you know, um, some some uh, great pi- solo pipe music that comes to mind are, you know, uh, world's greatest piper CDs. Uh, for me, uh, two of my big influences and inspirations are uh, Jack Lee and then Jim McGilvery as well. Um, mm-hmm. Certainly, um, you know, certainly two really awesome players, and uh, they put together great albums. The third the third album that comes to mind um, is uh, Stewart's album in Varan in Verary. Yeah. Oh, geez. In, in Varan. Yeah. Uh, sorry, Stu. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, another. That's another album that comes to mind. Now, all three of these players, I'm sure, would tell you lots of things they wish they had performed better on the CD. Um, but one thing that's really obvious to me is that uh, let's take these three. Obviously, there are many, many CDs that are awesome. Um, let's take these three CDs. It's, it's very clear that this is where it's at as far as you know um, achieving the pinnacle of solo playing. And I know these I know these albums fairly well, um, you know, uh, when it comes to uh, having listened to them many times. So uh, the next step for me is okay. Now let's make a halfway decent sounding recording of my own playing. And by the way, that that can be a little bit tricky in itself. But uh, there's a lot of great affordable technology out there now, which maybe at some point and maybe in the past already, Vin, have you posted anything about some good recording devices? I haven't actually. Um, I think um, so. That's actually a, a good suggestion. I think there's there's lots of tools to use. I mean, certainly most computers come equipped with decent microphones. Um, the problem is that, is that bagpiping is not your, uh, <laughs> your typical right. instrument, right? So um, you know, getting a decent recording uh, playing bagpipes often requires some some creative positioning of your microphone, whatever it might be. But yeah, there's definitely a lot of uh, hand recorders, you know, digital recorders that. That uh, yeah. fit the bill. I, I think that the handy uh, Zoom H2 is what I use for field work. You know, whenever I'm out and about, and, um, and it the, actually uh, gives you a, what's that? What's the rough price on that? Uh, right now, I think it's going for probably a little over a hundred dollars. Oh, that's maybe that's brilliant, less. right? I mean, that's yeah. a great price. I think I got mine. Mine's sort of similar. It's an older generation, and it was like. I don't know, four hundred bucks or something. Um, which, yeah, I mean, the, the hand, the H two really gets a good result for bagpipes. I found, you know, it's it's really, um, you know, it's it, it's the mic for, for whatever reason is is just uh, doesn't doesn't get you know all reverby and you know <laughs> and, and noisy. Um, you know, I've taken it to live events and, and Metro Cup recordings that were up on on Pipe Hacker and what uh, and the Bagpipe Nation I did uh, a few weeks ago were recorded with that. So yeah. So uh, I guess, um, yeah, we can be more prepared. We can put up a post at some point in the near future about that for sure. Um, 
But I guess my point would be getting a good recording that maybe – it doesn't have to sound brilliantly studio produced, OK? But um, it should sound pretty nice. Uh, and then it's really, really easy to compare. Uh, how, how do you compare uh, to some of these uh, best players out there? Um, and that's, that's exactly how I judge myself. It's like, well, uh, you know, was that a crossing noise or wasn't it a crossing noise? You know, uh, yeah. well, let's put it this way. Would you have heard that sound from one of the world's best players? Whatever it was, if it was a crossing noise or a sloppy note change or, you know, if the doubling didn't come through quite clearly. Right. Well, would mm-hmm. you have heard that from one of the top players? No. Okay. Well, then it's something you need to work on. You know, like let's not worry about whether technically it's a crossing noise or if a bird flew across the um, stage or, uh, you know, one thing that comes to mind from Fredericksburg is, you know, for me, once sometimes once the adrenaline gets going, um, I stop sweating and so I get cold. Uh, I don't know what it is. It's like this weird thing. Uh, but uh, Does that help or hurt you? No, it hurts. <laughs> it hurts in a big way. So so when the hands were going really well in the warm-up room, you know, uh, once I once I get out of the, once I get out in front of people or in front of a judge, I don't know, either I stop sweating or I start feeling the cold more or the the air or something, but uh and sometimes that makes uh you know, my fingers not feel as warm and so um, will experience in some of my recordings, you'll hear some doublings that I wouldn't usually miss, but they're definitely missed. And, and, you know, the bottom line at the end of the day is, you know, even if it gets a little bit cold, uh, you still have to be able to, you know, uh, execute. And that's a major part of performance. And the tape recorder is such a great companion in that way, because, um, when you turn on the recorder, it puts you under pressure. It makes you feel a little bit of that adrenaline. And it certainly makes you want to, produce like the best you can produce. Uh, It's similar to going in front of a judge and uh, you know, to continually put yourself in that situation is going to be really, really good for your playing. And uh, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll be very honest in saying that um, you know, I should record myself more than I do. Uh, This was a, I brought the recorder to this uh, you know, concert so that for the express reason of playing some of it on pipe hacker and uh, you know, none of it, none of it was really uh, something I'd want to showcase as, you know, uh, as being really great. However, um, I think it's going to be good in this sort of situation. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I think that's, um, you know, it's, it's, it's important. Like, I mean, you know, when you mentioned, you know, Stuart Little's, uh, album, you know, that's a live show. That's it. And he's out there, you know, he's got one shot at it well, just like you do is. in front of a judge, you know, yeah, some um, of it's you know, obviously some of the stuff that's, you know, may, may or may not have been flubbed, maybe didn't make it to the, to the recording, you know, the finished product. But at the same time, what's there is like it's up there, and there it is. <laughs> you know, from what I under, from what I understand, you know, so. that's that's partially true. Um, however, I think he performed on more than one occasion, and they took the best tracks. I could, oh, do they really? I okay. could be mistaken there, definitely. And I do know that a lot of the front half of the album was uh, studio work and not live. So there's a bit of a yeah. mixture on his album. But but generally speaking, yeah. I mean, uh, does it matter? I mean, yeah. in, in the studio. But those are, those are, those are good, the point is those are good skills to develop, you know. Oh, yeah. And what, however you develop them, whether it's in your bedroom in front of your recorder or, you know, trying to do your best to play in front of people or a judge or a compete as much as possible, um, it's important to really get that sort of flexibility of mind, you know, where you can just walk up to, to your audience and, and play, you know, and, uh, and, and have it and, and have the control and the, and the, and the comfort and confidence that you, you, you need, you know? Yeah. Um, well, what do you say we dive into some of this material here? And, uh, um, I think I'll play this MSR. Let's play it, uh, 
you know, front to back here without too much interruption. And then, and then we'll go back and, and listen to a couple of things in some more detail. Does that sound like, sound like a good idea? A good idea. So, so yeah, I definitely know that uh, I, I made a couple of mistakes at the end of the Cameronian rant here. Uh, this is Cameronian rant is a brand new tune for me. So I was playing it in Fredericksburg to sort of see how it went under pressure. And sure enough, <laughs> uh, sure enough, there's a couple of uh, a couple of spots that I don't quite have there. So that's a disclaimer. And I think there was a little thing in the Little Cascade too. But here's Bonnie Ann, the Cameronian rant, and Little Cascade. Um, and there might be some tuning at the front. Just uh, um, we'll see here. I think we're good. Oh, wrong file. Hold on. We'll listen to that one later. Here we go. Sorry, that was a little hiccup in the recording there.
Yeah, there's one. Wait till you hear the last part, though. <laughs> That's a good one. Whoops, my iTunes does that fade-in thing. You know what I mean? Where it goes in between tracks. <laughs> um, okay, yeah. So that was uh, an MSR that I performed. Uh, I have to admit, I'm slightly grateful that it was a modest-sized crowd. Um, <laughs> yeah, they, so, probably, um, they probably enjoyed it. Yeah, and I mean, uh, you know, that was sheer perfection, I think. What do you think? <laughs> was it sheer? You're laughing at me. Was, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the real was the real was nice. The real was very nice. The um, speed, the tempos are a bit. Uh, I don't know, cautious. Would you say? For a, uh, yeah, maybe. Yeah. I, I might say that. I might not. Uh, uh, I might not completely agree. But yeah, I, I think they were. I don't know. Okay. They were comfortable sounding, but at the same time, like you know, you're used to hearing those tunes played a lot faster in competition and elsewhere. You know. Yeah, you could be right there. Yeah, um, but I mean, they—I I like them nice and comfortable like that. I think they sound a lot of the times those tunes sound a lot better when they're just sort of played nice and easy. Yeah. Um, okay, I mean, um, I—I think okay. So let's go through what uh, you know, what what my thoughts might be after listening uh, to a recording like that of myself playing, and uh, that was in a live scenario, which is good. It makes it very useful. Um, you hear what you actually sound like when you're under pressure. Um, which is good. So I always start by my number one rule is, and some people criticize me for this. Um, uh, my number one rule is to, uh, acknowledge all the wonderful things about it <laughs> before we get too critical. And so, uh, I, you know, I'd like to point out some things that I think are going really well. Um, <clears throat> no, uh, the first thing is, uh, for me, uh, uh, really a solid bagpipe all the way through the performance. Um, it's not perhaps the most beautiful bagpipe I've ever heard in my life, but it's quite good. It's quite rich. Um, the overall steadiness and tone seems to be uh, seems to be very good. I didn't hear any any spots with Sergi blowing or anything. Uh, am I off there, Vin? Or would you? No, I think it was. I thought it was pretty. It was very solid. Yeah. What, what, were you, what, what were you playing the drones? Were you playing the? Uh, those were the Crozier the Crozier sure. tenors and a Canard bass is what I have in there right now. Uh. Um, uh, the Crozier tenors have a very 
um, harmonic uh, buzzy sound, which um, I've been playing around a little bit with, and they change very little with with moisture. And I'm a very wet blower, so uh, so far I've been really pleased with uh, with that sound. Now, um, so I, I thought the bagpipe sound was really good all the way through. Um, you know, uh, I, I don't think it's spectacular, but uh, I was definitely happy with it. Um, I, you know, I've I struggle in the winter time just keeping a, a solid pipe because so much condensation forms. Uh, you know, uh, this time of year, so it's pretty good. Fredericksburg's quite a bit warmer too, which I think uh, helped. Um, okay, moving on to other things, I think that were good. Um, I think aside from um, burls, which we'll talk about in a second, uh, I thought the overall uh, execute the you know uh, the different uh, types of execution are are coming through really well. Doublings in particular, I feel like I'm getting um, a nice consistent uh, uh, doubling sound that's not too crushed. Uh, one of the things that um, I dislike about some players is how crushed their technique is. Um, I'm, I'm trying to get you know, uh, on doublings, I'm trying to get two coherent sounds. And uh, in the in the low G movements and other movements, uh, I'm trying to get that uh, three, you know, three nice controlled sounds out of all the embellishments, um, both uh, without hindering the music and also without, without it starting to sound silly because it's too open. So I think that's going really well. Uh, I really enjoyed the, the Cameroni rant. Um, it's very exciting. I think that overall it's going really well. A couple of little things, and of course I made a couple errors uh, towards the end, which um, I'm not that concerned about because it's a new tune, and I think after a lot of reps it'll be fine. What did you, I mean, when you were playing and when you hit that point, you know, were you thinking, what were you thinking? You know, that, that's something that, like, you know, you're feeling comfortable with the tunes and then suddenly you have that, and you just did, did you just sort of brush it off and just keep going or... How'd you get by? Yeah, I mean, it's the only thing you can do. In the performance situation, uh, you know, you, you don't really have time to, like, uh, pout. Uh, don't get me wrong. I love to pout. I pout a lot. When things don't go, <laughs> when things don't go as well as I was hoping they would go, um, I'm definitely not happy about it. But, you know, you got to save that till later, uh, I think. And so I guess what I was thinking at the time was just, uh, you know, keep going. F- figure out where you are. Um, usually mistakes happen, uh, and you know, this is something that I've experienced. Mistakes happen because uh, your your body has separated from your mind in some way. And I think, you know, what happened in the case of both of those mistakes is I think my mind was going just fine. I had the tune in my head, uh, but something happened in the finger work uh, that got confused. And then and that's what causes that mistake sort of breakdown. Um, one second. Okay. Uh, that was Maureen. She's looking nice. She's got her St. Patrick's Day get up on. It's very cool. Oh, very nice. Um, she popped in. She, uh, uh, we're going to play a little bit in a second here. Um, so, yeah, I, 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 that's that's my sort of view and my experience about mistakes. And so um, I just tried to get back on track with, uh, you know, lining up what my fingers and, you know, are doing with what my head wants it to do. Does that right. make sense? Yeah, no, totally. I, I think that's, an, you know, again, that's an important skill, I think, to develop. And not a lot of a lot of players tend to get really rattled when they make mistakes. And, you know, I think, and, 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 and there's nothing, that's nothing you can teach and it's nothing you can really practice. You just have to sort of get through it. And, and it comes with time and experience, I guess. Um, you just have to, like, 
I don't know. I mean, I mean, I don't even know how you would actually even practice. It's just one of those things where you just have to get used to being able to play when you're supposed to play and finish, <laughs> you know, get all the way through. I mean, there was nothing, nothing that annoyed me more when I watched solo contests in any grade, really, um, but particularly in the upper grades when you see players play and they make a mistake and then they break down they stop playing. It just uh, that bothered me to no end. It's impolite <laughs> to the judge, it's, I feel. It's impolite and to break down? I think so, yeah. I think it depends. But, uh, oh, it depends. I, obviously, it depends on the nature of the breakdown. I guess the nature of the thing. But you know, I'm, I'm talking about in average games day. You hear, you know, you, you, you have a player going, and you know, some little flirt, maybe much like your Cameroonian rant slip, and uh, they just stop playing. Yes, you know? that would be bad. Uh, it would be bad to break down in that scenario because, yeah. uh, you know, uh, because if if uh, other people have mistakes, you, you know, the merit of what you did well, you know, uh, absolutely, the, the yeah. game's not over if you make a mistake. You know, it's just a, uh, it, it just means that you've fallen behind quite a bit. Uh, and that's, you know, that can happen in any competitive scenario. Um, and yeah, you're probably not going to win, but there are definitely things you could learn by continuing. Um, right. And, uh, right. do you think there was anything that surprised you for listening to that performance later after you recorded it and sort of went through it and something um, that may not have occurred to you while you were doing it in the moment? Yeah. I mean, I think most of the things there did occur to me in the moment. Um, so one of the things that surprised me was um, I've been working a lot on my burl. I used to have a great burl, and uh, in, in, you know, over the past couple of years, it's kind of slipped a little bit to the point where you know something's not quite right about it. I've been working consciously at improving it, and there are definitely some burls that need improvement there. I, I'm impressed at some of the burls that, that I thought came out better than I actually thought they did psychologically when I was playing. Um, and then, of course, some of them weren't still weren't quite right, but. Um, you know, it was good to hear that in a way. Um, some of the things, you know, I think there were some tempo problems in the march where it, it you know, it slowed down and then sped up again, which um, is a slight surprise to me, although I had a hunch as I was playing that it wasn't quite right. Um, yeah. Marches can be hard to keep the tempo right uh, when you shift between counter marching and actually marching across the stage. Um, you know, uh, for me, when I actually get into my march motion, it tends, it, it sometimes tends to slow down. Um, and that's just, you know, something that I think the more, uh, the more practice and prepared I am, the less that happens. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. Uh, when I, uh, another thing that I noticed and, um, please everybody feel free when you're listening to this to go back. Uh, one of the things I noticed was a definite tightness coming out of the Strats Bay into the reel. Um, where I missed a, where, where I missed some technique, and some of the technique kind of wasn't clearly uh, laid out, um, and that's something where, especially in the little cascade, is isn't something that that you want to be uh, involved in. I'm actually tempted to let's let's go back, Let, listen to. Um okay, so. Listen to some of the tightness here. Like some of the um, some of the uh, high G when there's two high Gs separated by a thumb grace note, they tend to be really crammed closely together. Um, it doesn't have the sort of softness that I'm going for there, um, and that's that's a result in tightness of technique. It's not. Um, you know, that's, that's an example of where the technique isn't true to the musical intention. So that's definitely something I'm going to spend some time working on. Uh, it's not a huge deal, 
but uh, you know, it uh, it's definitely seems stilted to me and kind of forced. Can you hear the? Can you hear what I mean there, Vin? With the two oh, emojis. Yeah. I mean, it's just very it. nitpicky, but um, you know, something uh, something that needs to be smoothed out. See, now, now we're kind of on a roll here, and it's a little bit better. Now, here's something that the average Joe would not pick up on, but I'm definitely picking up on here, which is that when I go from B to E, uh, there's very clearly uh, what Eric Olette uh, uh, cleverly calls a phantom crossing noise. And what that means is there's not actually a crossing noise here, but the B finger is slow to return to the low A position. Uh, when you go up to E, does that make sense, yeah. Ben? Yeah, no, no, no totally. It's, it's, yeah, there's a, and there's a slight sort of like a little uh, squirrely sound in the E. Yeah, it's kind of like a, yeah. it's kind of like the meow meow sound. Yeah, I do the meow that when I work with Oren Moore guys, I, I I go I meow at them when that happens, uh, and it's very <laughs> it's very common, and in my opinion, uh, is rampant even in the high level of uh, solo competing. Right. In order to avoid crossing noises, uh, people are actually going the other way, which is to accept, um, you know, brief instances of false fingering all through the music. So, mm. so this is something I'd like to tighten up because uh, it sounds kind of, kind of yucky. You know what I mean? Yeah, so that's good. I, w- I would agree with you, Vin. The the reel went well. There's a couple of little spots there that are sticky, and uh, you know when you compete, you want to get rid of those sticky spots. Um, Got it. Yeah. I don't know. It's just uh, what what else what else should I cover here, Vin? Um, no, I, I think you know I mean, you know these are these are the kinds of important things I think people need to you know when they record themselves. I mean, you have to sort of listen to that critically right you have to sort of really get to the nitty-gritty like in imagining i mean do you do you imagine yourself playing at that moment when you're when you're listening to it or are you just sort of detached and listening i think you have like, to oh, well i think I'll, you have to I'll detach tank, you know, or something you know you have to detach because otherwise you get emotionally attached to you're in or you make excuses based on the environment you're in it's like oh there were a lot of distractions uh hmm. and so i didn't really perform my best well the whole point is how do you perform um, you know, despite distraction, you know, how, yeah. how do you, you know, what's the bottom line here? How's it going to sound? Let's just go through. I, I'd like to go through the March here quickly and I'll just point out some spots. Um, just so people can get a little bit more of a flavor of what I'm actually listening for. Um, let's see if I can find the beginning here. Nope, not quite. Here we go. So that pearl was okay.
Right. And so those last two burls, the first burl didn't really come off right. There wasn't enough space between the two swipes of the burl. And then the second burl had the G grace note on it. And there was um, a little bit of a low A sound before the G grace note. So that's not actually technically correct. Um, it's something I'll continue to focus on. Let's just back up just a tad here. So listen to the burl coming out of the ending phrase and then the burl going into the repeat of the part. Yeah, so two quick problems there. You know, I feel like I'm kind of commenting figure skating or something. <laughs> and then that takes me to the next. You know, lovely double axle there. Yeah, well, you know. Just or, didn't quite have the lift you needed. Yeah, no, but you're exactly right. It's that kind of stuff, right? It's that kind of stuff. And right. judges and judges are going to like that. You know, a judge is going to like, oh, there's something that's, you know, easily criticized and easily remembered mm -hmm. as something that wasn't quite where it needed to be. And right there, a little bit of a tempo drip th drop there. Yeah, that being said, now here's an example of some good stuff. I really like the doubling work at the beginning of the second part here. Like, I think that's a real success there. I just I feel like this part is struggling to maintain tempo. It's kind of dragging ever so slightly as well. Mm -hmm. Another bad burl there. Slight miss there. A little bit of struggle to keep the tempo bang on there. Another crushed burl there. A slight catch there up to the high A. And I, I felt like that was a strong end to the march, right? Some, some good mm -hmm. technique at the end, and then a nice, uh, well-tuned low A sound in between the, uh, the two tunes, which I think is really important. Uh, you know, as, as someone who's judged... Uh, quite a bit, um, and also, you know, someone who's listened to what judges have to say. One here's one trick that's definitely true in my experience is it's these breaking points here, like between tunes, where the judges are really listening to see if your drones are really still totally locked in. Uh, and so, you know, to reach these breaks, that's interesting. Yeah. yeah, to reach these breaks and to blow steadily through the break and to keep it totally bang on in tune. Uh, is a good thing, and so I. I, it's, I, it's, I that's, that that leaves a good taste in the mouth, I guess. Right? Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> and, and another thing is, you know, another thing is the very last note of the tune, uh, of the set, right? It should be, um, should be in tune as well, uh, because it's that that last impression is like okay, especially EUSPBA score sheets. 
right? They want they want a numerical value out of ten for the beginning and the end of the performance, and so uh, you don't want to give it away at the end. Um, but anyway, so that's I don't know. That's just kind of some of my thought process as I listen through uh, some of that material. Excellent. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's one of the I I mean, you've how many times have you listened to it before you found all of the things that you were talking about? Was that just like the first couple of times, one time? I mean, how many times do you think somebody should listen to their own playing before they actually digest what you know what they need to really focus on? I think as few times as possible before you dig in and you rip it apart. Uh, and the reason being, um, and the reason for that is uh, that you don't want to start to become attached uh, to uh, your weaknesses, or you don't want to have mm. any time to make excuses for yourself. And um, I find the more you listen to something, the more you, the more of the imperfections you forgive, um, as well. And, and that definitely includes your own playing, and includes other people's playing as well, right? You can listen to a performance that had a lot of flaws, but then the more you listen to it, you start to, you, you hear more and more the, uh, the cool things about it, despite the flaws. Mm-hmm. And uh, as far as improving yourself, you need to be ruthless right off the right out of the gate. I think. Yeah. Um, Interesting. Yeah. Well, I think we should, uh, Vin, why don't we wrap it up there? I mean, I think that's, uh, it's a good, good, good little tidbit there, uh, to hold people off until next week. Yeah. Excellent. And, and so uh, yeah, next week we got Jack Lee coming and, uh, be in tuning in. So hopefully we will go to pipehacker.com and sign up for the live show. Uh, I think the link will be active as soon as we get it up there and running probably next day or so. Yeah. So um, I think what we'll do is we'll play a little bit here, uh, a little bit of the fun set at the end. Um, and then uh, we'll, we'll sort of fade it out and we'll see you next week. All right. Have a good night. Yeah. Let me see if uh, I'm going to queue up. I want to start at 245 here. Okay. So uh, here we go. Two. Ah, that's good enough. <laughs> There's a good burrow there. They do happen. <laughs> 